Hey listeners, have you heard of hikes? Not hikes, or hacks, or hayaks. It's hikes. Their name gets mispronounced all the time. Sometimes even by me. Anyway, they've been in the fireboot game for a while now, and they just keep coming out with new technology for boots and footwear. I know, boot technology? But it really exists. They have the XR1 Pro, which is the standard station boot that's also certified for EMS and a bunch of other stuff. I wear them every shift. They zip up in the front. Sometimes I decide to zip them up, and sometimes I don't. Either way, they're crazy comfortable. Their boots are tough and hold up well. And it's nice to know a company is thinking about stuff like adding running shoe soles and laces to their footwear. Because we can't just be wearing stuff that won't stack up. They're definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. Because the folks over there are doing good work. So go check them out at hikesusa.com or on their IG at hikes underscore America. And use code THESIZEUP, all caps, to save yourself $25 off your order. That's code THESIZEUP, all caps, at hikesusa.com. Welcome to episode 34 of the Size Up by National Fire Radio. I am your host, Pip. It'll be interesting one day if someone else actually hosts this show, like in my absence, you know, how like real you know, stars on TV and people that have shows like they like they disappear and they get a guest host in. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who my guest host would be actually now. I gotta think about that one. That could happen one day. Like even though we do, you know, we have the ability to record a bunch of podcasts in one day. And I could I was away last two weeks ago. I don't know. I recorded a bunch that went in the tank. Um <laughs> so I actually didn't have a guest host. I just re- had a marathon recording day, but I think <laughs> the guest host thing may work. I may have to to make that happen. But anyway, you guys are tired of listening to me babble. I want to introduce my guest today who came to me through the social media realm of things. And this dude, this young man, because I can say that because he just told me he's only 27 years old and he did call himself a self-proclaimed millennial to get going here, but he sucks at technology. Tyler, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it like he sent it to me via the pre-questionnaire form to make sure I get it right, but it's Juliano, right? Tyler, Juliano. What, what do you go? Yeah, with? Giuliano. Giuliano. Yeah. yeah, but then, the, oh, you know what? You, you did write that right. I write it wrong. That was my bad reading. It's Anno. <laughs> it's, it's all Tyler, good. Tyler Giuliano, how are you today, man? Thanks for joining. Oh, fantastic, man. I'm glad to be here. It's so funny too, because you know, as you were setting up, you're having some audio issues, and and you were like, "Man," and I'm like, "The millennial here, I should know how to do this stuff, right?" And you would our, assume, yeah, in our line of work, and again, here, here I am, the old guy. But come 20 years ago, when I got hired, like I had this strange and unusual, unusual talent. When I got hired, uh, I could type. So. Oh. You know, that was a big deal 20 years ago. And for the guys that were there 30 years before me, that was an even bigger deal (laughs) that I could type, right? You look at it now at someone like your age, you know, where I'm like, how does this TikTok work? Like, help me out with this or something like that. Like, I'm sure that's what's going (laughs) on. Oh, man, I got to say, I'm really proud to say I've held out on the TikToks. I'm not one of them. I'm a... I love watching the older guys in the station and they're click clacking and swiping. And I'm like, come on, man, even I'm not on it. It's crazy too. Cause everybody is, keeps telling, you know, and Jeremy and myself, you know, you guys gotta be on TikTok more. You gotta do TikTok. And we're both just like, 
I can barely keep up with Instagram right now. And I don't understand I this TikTok thing. Like my son will text me video. It's, it's really funny. So my son's 13, eighth grade. He will send me, text me videos from TikTok and I will send him videos from Instagram. And sometimes they're almost the same video at the same time. It's <laughs> yeah. just a different platform that you're on. Yeah. It's crazy to think too, like that, again, when I started, there was no social media, so that wasn't even an issue, but I can see it now with myself and with younger guys, just how important it is for everyone, right? Yeah, I got to say, I've been, I've been real close to getting rid of it. I feel like it distracts you a lot throughout the day. It takes away a lot of time, but man, I've learned some really cool things that I've been able to translate to the job and like around the house. And man, this is why, this is why I keep it. And it keeps reeling me back in every time. I think though, what, you know, there's, I've heard that where people are like, I'm getting rid of this. This is, this is taking up all my time or this is that, but there are all these great things out there that you can get from it. And it's just that self-discipline. Like, I don't yeah. know. Do you get the weekly, like the end of the week on Sunday at some point, my phone is like, you spent five hours on your phone this week or something. No, H had to turn it off. I was so disappointed in myself when I seen that number. <laughs> See, I'm like super proud of myself with that number, I feel like, because I use that as, again, like a, like a metric, like you would for anything else in learning. But like, so let's say, let's say it just this week was five hours, or I think, or whatever the number was, but I know I float like between five and seven hours, I think is my average. So if I'm not, if I'm really super high, then I can take that time to look at myself and be like, what was I doing last week? Like maybe there was, you know something big going on that I was on the phone all the time. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, I don't know if I can associate all my time with something that's productive on there. So I kind of, I'm kind of like, I'd rather just not know. <laughs> make it, make it safer to not know. And listen, what's wrong with being not productive, you know, like it's okay to just be scrolling through and, and watching stupid, you know, if you're into cats, like stupid cat videos or, or whatever oh, yeah. it is you're into, you know? Yeah. Um, But I think, in reality and in, in the way that it works in our life right now, it's just such an important tool. It's just a matter of something to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, everything revolves around there now. Like all of our calls come through there at work. So I get to read my notes on there. If I don't have my radio on me or, um, you know, the workout programming, it's everything's on there. And I just read so much stuff about, you know, how much that, that light does to you. And I try to distract myself a little bit from it, but like I, like you're saying, man. Sometimes you just catch yourself scrolling on the wrong, you know, the right, the right reel, and you're just tunnel vision. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you're watching every one of their reels, and you're like, oh, what did oh I just yeah. Do? Like, how did I, how did I just do that? But again, it's just so much information. And I think too, something we didn't even plan on talking about this, which is great the first <laughs> couple minutes here. But you know, uh, you know, being shift workers, being up at night, you know, if I come back and I jump on that phone and start scrolling at 3 a.m. Because, yeah, I can't sleep maybe. I'm definitely not getting <laughs> any more rest for a very long time. So it's that self-discipline again of trying to not do that, you know? Yep, I 100% get that. I do love the fact too, and again, you're, you're, you're newer on the job, but, you know, maybe you've always had the app, but we recently got the app, uh, I don't know, maybe we're like two years into it now. Um, and there was a lot of backlash in the beginning of like, you know, our calls going on this and blah, 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 whatever backlash firefighters want to have, they'll always have because it's change. Um, but now if you look at our program, there is just so much information there. And even the other night we went on a repeat alarm and I was the acting deputy and I didn't 
keep looking at it. And I kind of messed up and sent everybody when it probably should have just been me on the call. And I was like, oh, sorry, guys. I, I didn't look at the app. I went by what the dispatcher said, and I should have done both things. Dude, I'm telling you, that app is, is God's, well, at least for us, it's godsend. Because um, we'll have, you know, our MDT issues and map books are not as hard hit as they used to be back in the day when I first started. So now it's nice if that does go down, I still have everything, all the information I need that my normal, you know, my MPT would be showing me on the way to a call just in my hand. So it's, I do appreciate that a lot. Again, though, like I just got the Garmin Phoenix, so I would take away a little bit of screen time. So everything's like quick glance and hopefully to, you know, be more engaged with the, the people and whatnot. But I do, I do enjoy it, man. It's, it is a huge benefit. Yeah, there, there's just so much information out there that you can have. And even like we we, we still have our map books because we're probably always going to have them, right? You always yeah. need a backup. There's no doubt a backup is always great. But even if that system goes down, I'm trying to get onto another system before I go to the map book. Because <laughs> yeah. again, like they're just so old. And <laughs> even to try to update them, honestly, it's just so hard with the rate and speed that things change. You know, streets change, numbers change. I mean, like, it's unreal. Yeah, so they're uh, on the news I've seen, and you know how sometimes they can alter this, but so the city I work for, they're saying that Northport is, like, top five in the country fast, fastest developing. So for us, our math book would be, like, just adding an, an enormous amount of pages at a time because we're also annexing a little bit or annex some area as well. So it's growing so fast. We Just like you're saying, we would be changing so much in every unit daily yeah and 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 something that map books never really had great info on was on uh, like high-rise buildings and you know maybe some people have them better than ours but you know like there, there's it was just the address and i'm like i don't need the address i need way more things than you can just put on this piece of paper I, like i can find the big building by its name i don't <laughs> yeah. know where i'm going in it or when i get there or where this is or where that is with again electronically you're able to update that stuff every time you go there yeah, we actually just went to a new program called Flow MSP, I believe it's called. And uh, so we also get, that's another additional um, dispatch type uh, app we have. And it gives us all the CAD information, but it also gives us like needed fire flow if it was uh, 100% involved. Uh, pretty much our pre-plan comes up with it now routes us to what a closed hydrant would be, the main size. Like it, it's incredible the, the stuff we're we're having now on our MDTs and our phones. It's just so easy to make those decisions on the way in because you have like all the information where like you're saying the map book provides, you know, so little. Some numbers and a cross street. <laughs> yeah, Which yeah. again, and, and, and listen, it's funny because there was a time where, you know, in the fire service, they would just go to the alarm box. You know what I mean? And go to the corner and look for the person waving or look for the smoke, you know, and that went to 911 dispatch where they were getting more information and they made map books and street indexes. And now we're on this whole electronic phase of life, which is only one more better thing to help us. So it's kind of like embrace it. Like I definitely have embraced it. Um, I don't think it's perfect and nothing's perfect, but it sure yeah. does work, man. Like, and especially being at the acting deputy a lot uh, recently, I've had a driver and that makes it even better because now on the way, I'm just like, doody, doody, do. Like, let me open this up. Oh, look, there's a hydrant over here. This is on this building. This chief put this in about this. Um, and it's allowing me to put more information in too. Yeah. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, I'm, I'm not too familiar. Where, where do you work at? 
I probably should have introduced you even before we just started babbling, but so I'm in New Jersey I'm in, a, in okay. a, a smaller city, right in central New Jersey. It does exist. We, our government actually just passed a ordinance or whatever you want to call it, a resolution that central Jersey exists. Okay. Um, so I'm in uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard of it. Very, so, cool. very famous, very famous city. <laughs> yeah. The, the first college football game was played here for anybody playing along with my New Jersey trivia uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey was where the first college football game between Rutgers and Princeton was played. Rutgers won. And since then, it's kind of been a downhill program. But all right, let me be a good podcast host here at the 11th minute. But, you know, Tyler Giuliano, tell everybody where you're from, what it is you do, and a little bit about you that I haven't already babbled on about. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm born and raised in Cape Coral, Florida. I work in uh, Northport which is just south of Sarasota, the city of Sarasota, and just north of uh, Port Charlotte. I've been there for, it'll be actually seven years in about four days. And I've had, you know, another year of volunteer and some inner facility trying to get my feet wet. Wow, so you got hired, you got hired young at 20? Uh, I had just turned 20, yeah. That that is like the dream right there. Then and you've been in the same department the entire time. I know a lot of folks from Florida kind of bounce around a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of Florida departments we have FRS, so you can kind of bounce around and take the time that you've built up already towards your pension, and uh, and just kind of hop around. That was never my intention, though, man. I I always wanted to find that one place and just ride it out the whole way. And Northport's been a, a so welcoming to me and they've they've done me very well good mentorship and you know it's it's been a good ride so i've, I've enjoyed it. i don't plan on going anywhere nice nice so what made you want to do this whole line of work like or was it just i need a job let me take a test <laughs> well I, probably like the cliche you know answer to this always is i didn't want to do a desk job um i had been racing bmx for i don't know how long you know up to the point where i made the decision but a couple of years and uh just always, you know, was looking for that adrenaline rush. Uh, I just love the go, go, go type of lifestyle. And again, like sitting around all day, click clacking on a computer did not sound appealing to me at all. I can and understand that. Yeah. So we do dual enrollment at the high school I was at and I gave that a shot. And by the time I graduated high school, I had my fire one and then went right into fire two. And I was like, this is it. I, I love this. That's pretty cool. So dual enrollment, meaning like you were able to be like a high school student, but then you also took fire one in high school. Yeah. So my junior year was like, I just had a single block of the day where I'd go to the class. And as long as you pass that your senior year, I went only 50% to high school. And then 50% of it was in the fire academy. Oh, wow. That is, yeah, that would have been great for me. <laughs> oh, it was awesome, man. I mean, you're hanging out with the boys doing, you know, high school things, but doing the fire stuff also, it was just, uh, it was awesome. It was such a good time in my life. Yeah. It's, and it's probably a good, again, like a good gateway into the fire service for folks who maybe, you know, didn't have any family members in it or didn't really know. And, and when you're in high school and you're like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. That's kind of, yeah, that's me, man. I, I have no family in the fire service. I'm the first one. Um, and yeah, like, <laughs> I immediately knew once I finished that this, this was it. I didn't want to go anywhere else. And it, you know, it worked out. Well, and do you, you, you get that 
you know, that true understanding of what, what it's all about. You know, you had talked about the adrenaline from BMX racing and things. And when you can, for most people, you know, it doesn't work out for everyone. There's definitely people that start into the fire service and are like, nope, this is not for me. Yeah. Um, but when you're able to get that moment early on, like this is where I'm looking to go. I think that that is just a, a key for your overall career longevity too. Yeah, I will say though, man, I wasn't ate up in the beginning. I just, I enjoyed it. I was obviously very proud of my my profession but uh it wasn't something that i was like super hungry to go out and do extra every day um but until i went to the orlando fire conference for the first i was just off probation and like ever since then man that fire was lit and i've i'm so happy i did that so early on in my career it's so cool because you know and you'll hear on on a lot of episodes of national fire radio too jeremy talking about that spark right and that going to the conference and getting away from your department a little bit you know you didn't go too far you still stayed in florida went to a local conference um it's i guess it would be considered a micro conference but it's a bigger micro conference i know i've heard of it. it's big for florida yeah i know some folks who've taught at it but when you go there you know Give us that experience a little bit for you because you're a younger firefighter on the job and you went and what do you got? So being a young buck going to these things, like I like to consider myself in good shape. Uh, I got humbled real, real bad on uh, Basil. He does one bad day. This was, yep. I don't know how, how early on in his program this was, but um, I went with two guys from my department and I quickly realized I can't walk on water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know the the camaraderie and the guys you meet there and um fire up the night at the end where you know all the firemen go out and essentially celebrate surviving the weekend and uh it's just you come back and you feel so confident and uh, just building on that each year doing that every year I've done that actually last year was the first year I missed it since I've started in the fire service because of my I, we had our daughter uh not too long before and, that's a good uh, reason to miss too. That's a good reason to miss the fire conference. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a tough, tough sell on the old lady, but, um, yeah, it it leads down a lot of avenues, man. I've luckily been able to do some other cool things that, uh, because of that spark in the beginning, um, has led me to, and um, you know, I never look back. Super happy that I did that. Well, I think too, a lot of people have some fear when they go to a conference. You know, like you're saying, like you you got humbled real quick right? Because that happens to all of us when we're there, because you're going to learn. You're going to learn from instructors that know more than you about the topic that they're instructing, for sure. That's why they're instructing it. That's why you're the student. You know, you almost want to be humbled because that's how you know you're taking in all their information that they're giving you. Yeah, we, I met a lot of resistance from my department when I first did it. Uh, We weren't in the greatest spot as the, as you know, an environment anyways at the time, which luckily we're well past that, but, uh, met a lot of resistance saying like, why are you doing this? We do great training here. Um, I'm not going to go there to get criticized or yelled at or whatever. And after a couple of years of, you know, slowly gaining a little bit of tenure with my department and, and some trust with the guys, I, I was like, guys, I promise this is not how it is. Um, <laughs> we did have some guys go prior to me, but, uh, after I went, I want to say it was maybe like three or four years in, we had a group of like 20 go all the way to officer level. Um, and I think, I mean, we all had a great time. Yeah. I mean, a it, lot of return customers. 
you see that too, like people going back and back because they have that misconception of what it could be. You know, like I've done a lot of training classes. I've been to a lot of places and I don't think I've ever seen someone get yelled. You know what I mean? Like, like I've seen no. the intensity get kicked up a little bit, maybe. Um, yeah. but the folks that are teaching it aren't teaching it to say that they're better than you. They're teaching it to make you better and teach you things that you may have never thought of or learned. And those are some of the parts that I love about it. You know, recently, I haven't been able to take a lot of classes, but I've got uh, uh, gotten the opportunity to participate in a lot and observe a lot. And even just the learning that I get from that, like nothing beats hands-on and being able to do it. But even if you're just watching these, these hot trainings, you can learn from them. Absolutely. And so what I did take away from, you know, if you do, if you do feel confident and you're, you're good with your skills and you go and it's maybe a repetitive class that you're taking, Maybe you don't get humbled, but it's still reps. And like for a lot of departments, including, you know, ours, we're not getting, you know, fire duty like they do up in New York or Delaware. Um, so worst comes to worst, you get a couple reps in, hang out with the boys and the girls and, you know, get to, uh, you know, keep that spark alive. Yeah, no, it's definitely a big part. You know, the reps always matter. And it's just we have some rookies. Um, when I was on vacation, they had their first fire. Um, and typical for us, I mean, literally, well, not typical that it was around the corner from the station, uh, but that's where it was, um, the one that they're assigned to. So, you know, they're there within 25 seconds. I mean, the the engine driver had time to walk out and look and see the smoke column while everybody else was getting dressed. That's how close they were. Um, and so I, I checked in with the the officers that they were working with when I came back from vacation and they were saying, you know, yeah, they all did a good job checked in with the rookies and I, I mentioned like how close it was to the station and they were like yeah but you know we were just coming out of the academy and we did all those two minute drills and like we were ready and I'm like yeah but everybody else wasn't though like just thinking like <laughs> I would not be ready in the time it took us to get there a hundred percent not as much as they would be and it's those reps that really matter right yeah yeah we, we I mean everyone, everyone's guilty of it to a certain degree in some kind of area you know we feel pretty confident that we could put our gear on in a fast efficient manner and Maybe that goes by the wayside for a little bit. And, you know, moments like that, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I should kick it back up a notch. <laughs> well, the, and the odd part too is like, it, literally when it's that, you just said like fast and efficient manner. Like I, I bet I would be really close to keeping up with those kids, but they're still yeah. going to be faster than me. There's just no <laughs> way about it. They're going to be faster than me. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where when you go to a conference like that and you take a class like that, you know, you're able to get in those reps and those reps aren't in that stressful, necess necessarily stressful, real environment. Yeah. So for, I'm going to do a quick plug. If anybody that does listen to the whole three viewers that, that may know me and get on this, um, I went to FTTN and man, talk about just repetitions on such basic evolutions but you you solidify those so well that uh it doesn't have to be like elaborate or anything like that man is it so beneficial well, that was I a great experience at, at times too you think training has to be like psychotically elaborate and it's really hard to make training elaborate in anything that you do you know there are definitely ways to do it but that gets more complicated and then the drive to want to train goes away where sometimes just the simplest things really, really help. It's funny though, because that's like the, it seems to be the hardest thing to keep people interested in. Everyone wants to do, you know, the craziest drills and make them, you know, these mind blowing evolutions. And uh, 
I totally get it. I love like I'm in the tech world as well. Um, I love doing all those things as well. But quick, easy mask up drills and and you know to throw a ladder, like so repetitive, so simple, but uh, so easy to recreate in almost any environment. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before. When I went from being the engine captain back to the truck captain, I was like, I got to throw some ground ladders with the boys because it had been a minute for yeah. sure since I was like, let me throw this ladder and let me yeah. move this ladder and let me think how you know my body has to position under this ladder um, and get humbled in front of everybody a little bit, but also have them be like, hey, how do you do this? Like, you maybe show me a way because you've been riding truck now for the seven years I've been over on the engine you know, hauling hose back and forth, you know, and having those moments too, that alone reignites that spark. You know, I, f I feel like for me, I have to reignite that spark every time I walk into work. <laughs> yeah, I, I could totally relate to that. I mean, if you're hitting it hard nonstop, eventually there's got to be, it's inevitable, right? You got to slow down at some point. Yeah, there's, so, there's just no doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, trust me, you're going to slow down about it. And so, so, and I can give you some times when it's probably going to happen, just predictability a little bit. But, um, your daughter is ten months. Ten months. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought it was more recently than that. Real recent, yeah. So I'm sure but that's not too recent. But I'm sure in those ten months, you know, you've had so many changes going on in your life at home to translate to your workday, right? Oh my gosh. So yes, uh, we. We had her about two, maybe a month and a half before my promotional test. So I quickly learned time management. <laughs> uh, we mo moved to a, into a new house within these two months of having her. So I quickly learned patience. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, just trying to try the time management thing is for sure one of the biggest things, you know, you got to fit everything in in between that nap. Yeah. Oh, dude, for sure. I mean, there, there's like, and again, I'm, 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 where are we at here? So let's say they started school today, 13 and 10. Right. So I, I was, and when I saw you had a, a little one, I'm like, oh, we're going to definitely talk about that. Cause he can take me back to those days where, yeah, you're squeezing everything into that nap time. Um, and you're squeezing everything into, you know, you're holding her and, and now it's, well, 10 months is you're at sweep the leg time now, right? She mobile. We're real close to walking. Sweep the really leg. Close. dude. Best advice I can give everybody, sweep the leg right now, take them out. Then life's going to change again, right? And again, and it just keeps changing. And then, you know, we, we decided to have a second one because we were pros at the first one. And you don't realize how hard you can't squeeze things in during that nap. Because for us, the other one was like, what's up? Let's play. <laughs> yeah. My little brother's napping now. I'm here to play. I barely nap anymore. And I'm like, wait, I'm really tired. I was up all night last night. So again, it's that evolution of things that I really feel like that's kind of what we're getting into in this episode more than anything is just you having to adapt to evolving, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, it's been cool because they have, they're, they grow so fast. Uh, it's like, you know, I do a 48 and I come back and now she's like babbling in a different tone or like something changes real rapidly. And I'm like, where, where did this happen? Where did time go in two days? You know, that's yeah. so, so cool. It's been cool. Especially I've been appreciating each day. Yeah. Each, each day has been, it's been cool. Yeah, when they, when you, when you like, when you can react with them, I mean, now it's very different or I should say not react when you can interact with them that way and understand their reactions. It's so different than now where like, sometimes I'm saying things and my boys are like, stop talking old man. Like, Yeah. We hear that quite a bit. So I've been trying to 
everyone said, you know, appreciate it now because you're going to wish they were this age at some point. So I really try to take that personal. It's the truth. And especially too, at our job. And, and I'm guessing, cause you said it, you work 48, 96. No, no, no. It's 24, 48. It's just every now and then, you know, overtime or a swap comes up. Oh man. It makes it even harder, right? Like, cause I thought you meant you were away for 48 hours, but you would be different in Florida. Cause most places in Florida do 24, 48, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, I believe it's typically a little bit of the slower departments volume wise. We'll do the longer shifts just because it's more manageable, you know, running a couple, couple calls after midnight and then waking up and hitting it hard again for, a, you know, another tour is, is strenuous, as everybody knows. So for yeah. that to be consistent, like busy department, I'm sure that would be taxing. It's hard. I, I honestly, I mean, I'm, I'll be quiet about my shift schedule because it's not 2448 and it's not 4896. So we can just leave that at that for now. <laughs> Who doesn't like the smell and feel of leather? Looking to fulfill your custom leather needs? Well, as we say here in Jersey, I got a guy. Rob over at Ridgeway Leatherworks is literally that guy. Several years back, I happened to be sat next to him at a mutual friend's wedding, and this dude told me more about leather than I ever thought I needed to know. His passion for his business is evident in the quality of his work. His team and his family hand make all their gear. So whether you're looking for a radio strap, a radio holster, a pair of suspenders, a chin strap, a locker tag, or really anything leather-related, Ridgeway's the place to go. So check them out at RidgewayLeatherworks.com or on IG at Ridgeway Leatherworks. And tell them Pip from the Size Up sent you, and maybe you'll get a special jersey treat in your package. You know, I, I know some folks that do the 4896, and I'm like, how do you do this? Like, how does this work in your life? And they all say it took some getting used to, but the option of 2448 versus 4896, they'd rather do the 4896 just because of that extra time off. Yeah, I've heard that as well, but I'm still a little weary about it. I, I like the, you know, one quick shift. If you're at a busy house, I mean, you want it to be one sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know like when, when we do overtime for us or, or swap or something, you know, you could be on up to 36 hours and that is more than enough time for me. I feel like, you know, sure. Could yeah. I power through the next 12? I suppose I can. I mean, I, I have, you know, during storms and things. Um, but do I want to? No way. Like, I, and at this point, I'm like, after 24 hours, I'm ready to go. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, where it's just like that, that it's a super long time. Um, but for the baby, you know, when you come home after that 24, again, it's like a totally different little person there. Yeah. The interesting is, uh, I used to be a big napper and I still, I'll admit sometimes I squeezed one in like this morning I did. Um, but you know, coming home and sometimes you don't have that, that option. Oh, all you want to do is just like, just, just please just hang out for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it is definitely a hard thing to do. And even I definitely am not a big napper, but, but after a rough night on the car, I definitely need a nap. And the other day, my boys were still home. They just started school today. Um, and so I had taken a nap and they caught me and they were <laughs> like, we didn't even see you on the couch over there. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dudes, man, it was a long night last night, man. I just needed a couple minutes here. Like appreciate you guys doing whatever you were doing. No one, I'm like, no one's bleeding, right? Like everybody, <laughs> but it's those things where like, knowing your body and knowing you need it. That's a big part of being a parent too, though, because if you know you need that nap with the baby, you know, take the nap with the baby because you don't want to give the baby you without the nap. Is that an easy way to put it? 
Yeah, hundred percent, man. That's a, a very accurate way. You know, if I read something where it's like along the lines of just remember if you're tired and you're portraying that as being tired, the baby always sees that like, that's just who you are now. So sometimes, you know, hiding that on the back burner for, you know, an hour or two and squeezing it in, they don't know the difference. And that way and they're, they're up, your chip or their chip or everyone's happy, you know, and they remember that in the long run, not maybe not now, but obviously, you know, a year or two down the road. Um, dude, listen, don't even say that. Cause there is modeling that goes on from day one until I can only tell you up to 13. Cause that's where I'm at now. <laughs> But yeah. where they're, if you're in that funk, they get into that funk. Um, if you're into that consistency, they get into that consistency. Um, and they pick it up and they thrive off of it. And you can, you see a lot of things as you see parenting life, I guess is a good way to put it and how it can work. Um, and even now, like, I think I've become, I've gotten a little looser with my tongue around my boys as they've gotten a little older. And I really shouldn't be doing that because it's just not, it's not a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could totally understand that. <laughs> right now, you're like, oh, she can't talk. I can say whatever I want to. But don't worry, soon she's going to drop an F-bomb on you. And you'll be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that. That, that was definitely me. Or just playing the wife. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Swears yeah. like a sailor. <laughs> definitely was her, not me. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's a cool thing, you know, and, and, and that translates differently into work, too, I'm sure your work life changed in those past 10 months, because again, you have this little person now at home that totally envelops you into it. Well, yeah. So I was, <laughs> I had big change. I got promoted. So I made Lieutenant in January and we had her on Halloween. So I only had a couple months of just blue shirt, you know, coming in, doing my job is, you know, to the best of my ability and like going home and resting. And now it's, it's funny because uh, I show up to work and, it feels, I mean, not, not that it's the same thing, but like I'm watching these guys and girls to like try to bring them up and mentor them as well. And in a different fashion, but same, you know, it feels like the same type of mentality overall from home to, you know, work. 100% you become the parent at home and at work when you take that promotion, as much as people don't want to say that still, if you're taking it seriously. Yeah. Which my crew is good to me. I, I'm lucky that uh, a lot of them are, you know, hard hitting go getters. And there's not too much of that. It's just trying to, you know, keep those goals and in, insight. And uh, well, yeah, too. And, and when we say, when I say, be, like, when we say begin the parent, like, it's not like, a, well, sometimes I do have to be the parent. And I'm like, boys, this is what we can't do now. Kids, children, I'll be like, children, this is what we can't do right now. Right. Because um, yeah. you always have to have that moment. Um, and my officers were like that for us as well. When I was that child doing things that maybe weren't hundred <laughs> oh, yeah. correct, right? But yeah. I think what what I'm, we're getting at here with this though is that there is that responsibility to them, right? That you are the officer, you know, and that you are responsible for them. And when you take that oath seriously and you take that job seriously, that's how you feel. Yeah, absolutely, man. I I feel like um, I know I I promoted early. And, you know, there's, there's a lot that'll come with that from other people. But in my mind, I would, I did it for the right reason. Like the pay was not even something I looked at. Um, the word power was not something I even thought about. I just wanted to be, you know, uh, essentially help shift the department or, you know, help mold or guide the guys and girls that I can in the, what I felt like was the right direction. And luckily I feel like I've had a lot of support with that 
even though it's like I, I said, I'm, I am young in my career for sure. Oh, well, I, I thought that, it. But, I thought yeah. it when you said it. Everybody yeah. listening thought it when you said it. And, and you'll have. Sure. It. I was young. Did you? So, in prior to your promotion, did you get the opportunity to act as an officer? Like, did you act up? Yeah. Um, I would say about a year, not consistently, and then the second year I was riding up. Um, probably more than I was doing anything else. So I had. I don't want to say a lot of experience, but I felt. It was a, a relatively easy transition, minus you know the the new things that I didn't know as a OIC. Yeah, I mean, to. but that time definitely helps. Like I don't understand when people are like, hey, "We don't have acting officers," and I'm like, "Well, how do they train to be an officer, or even know they may want to be an officer?" Um, I'm sort of yeah. so I didn't promote up as fast as you did. It took me a little bit longer, <laughs> um, but. I had the ability with about four years on the job to take my first test. Um, and then that got me on the list to be able to occasionally act. Um, and that's where I really sort of honed skills and how this job worked and how to be an officer, uh, both in the firehouse and, you know, on calls. I mean, my first day acting, I was with the two most senior guys on my shift. And I'm like, hey. What's up, guys? Like, here we are. It's acting by committee today. And they were <laughs> awesome guys and really wanted nothing to do with becoming an officer, but had no problems helping me and understanding, like, yeah, we're in charge here, Pip, not you. Yeah, I I honestly did not want – I had never thought about this uh, for the first four years of my career. I really loved what I was doing, and I still do. Uh, but, you know, tides change. Uh I just kind of noticed that I could have a big impact on the department and the instructor role and such. And um, I really wanted to take that, you know, the bull by the horns. I was like, well, if I'm going to be kind of in that role anyways, I should be doing it in the streets as well. And so I started hitting it hard and obviously, you know, studying, stepping up at the department. It's uh, such a big part of it too, is that people don't ever want to talk about is the studying, the stepping up, you know, the fact that, you know, you have to, no matter what process you have, generally speaking, it involves some type of a test, whether it be oral boards, written, both. I know I was seeing on your social media, you had the interview process to go through. Um, you know, whatever it is, you have to go into it prepared. And for me, so that first test out, I didn't really prepare. I was like, oh, I'm fresh out of the fire academy. I don't want to get promoted like you did right now, but I want to go see what this test is all about. And that's what I recommend to younger folks on the job now too, is like, listen, that first test, like, just go take it, go see what's up. Like, don't not prepare, obviously do something, but you don't have to be paying tutors or spending every waking minute, unless that's your be all end all goal, but just go see what's up with it, right? See if it's even something for you, because for us, again, it gets you on that list and it gives you the chance to be like, Hey, this is something that I may be interested in. So that's essentially what I did. Uh, I was the least experienced and uh, the youngest by quite a bit, I would say. And, but, you know, just like you were saying, I, I wanted to show up prepared. I did want to score number one if possible. But uh, if it didn't work out, like I wasn't like, okay, there goes my career. I'm out the window, you know, one foot out the door. <laughs> that's the yeah. opposite foot of it right there, right? Like if I'm not number one, <laughs> it's over. I can't do it. Like, come on, man. Don't, don't, you can't go that route. So I, you know, wanted to, you know, obviously test well and show that I'm capable and, uh, well, well, sure enough, here I am. <laughs> so one test, 
one test. That was my first one. You're like the one hit wonder, bro. One, one, the place you wanted to work, one test here. Like you're just kind of like, you're, you're the all around like uh secret silence assassin, assassin. It sounds like. Just, just trying to stay committed to that, that, you know, just the one place, man. I, I don't want to hop around. I would hate to start over. I feel like it would be a challenge to be the, you know, the pro be all over again in one aspect. Yeah. You know, for sure. I, 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 and two, like, and so in New Jersey, you don't move. Like, I shouldn't like it very rarely happens. We, we don't have the ability to transfer. Um, even though, like you said, your pension time, our pension time would transfer. Um, but it's just not something that is easy to do. Uh, you have to go through the whole testing process again. Uh, you have to move in some instances to get uh, live in the right city. So it just doesn't happen. You're always in your place. Wherever you decided to go, that, that's where you're staying. Um, and I thought it weird when I met people from Colorado and California and Florida that were kind of like department hopping almost. Or And a lot of people are trying to get to a bigger department, which I can understand too. So completely understand that. Um there's pros and cons. Like I've talked to quite a few people, John Sparrow being one of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, it's got, there's gotta be a really solid reason outside of just the job to move, I would say. But, yeah, uh, we have a lot of guys that do jump and hop around and I feel like they keep, they keep hopping because they think the grass is always greener and, you know, they're searching for something that probably can't be found. Yeah, it's one of those things. And I think that's a common theme in firefighters, whether you're jumping departments or not, is that, well, this place does it that way. And this place does it that way. I'm like, yeah, but we do it this way. And that's okay. Or if you don't want, if you want to do it like them, you need to convince all of us why that way is better, right? Yeah, I was speaking with a guy from um, a company yesterday about some equipment for our department. And he works for the FDNY. And he had left uh, Atlanta. Like, man, Atlanta, like they burn. I know there's some other issues there, but like, why the move? You had to have been waiting quite some time on the list. And uh, he said a lot of it was politics. And uh, he just always envisioned or had a, you know, the big picture was FDNY for a long time. And again, like, you got to probably love New York to live there. If you've ever been there, like driving through the city and it's a lot. I don't go there. I live live an hour and 15 minutes away from there and I don't go there unless I have to. Hey, I totally get it. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's gotta be some good reasons out there. Um, Yeah. And again, it's, it's one of those things to each their own, you know what I mean? But even, even for you saying like you, already had a plan that you wanted to stay there you know i already had a plan that i was staying because there was <laughs> the option wasn't necessarily there and, and especially too unless you do it right in the beginning um because in new jersey starting salaries are extremely low um but then as you go up in your steps you really i couldn't have went back to that starting salary again oh man i mean even with you know raises and promotions the, the way things are going like we're really most places aren't keeping up so if you were to leave for, you know, your livelihood, totally understandable. You know, you can't kick anybody for doing something for their family or better than themselves. But chasing the fire, chasing the smoke thing. I mean, I feel like as soon as you make that move, you it's know, white cloud. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's not going to be there, right? Like, or it could be gone. It could be, I mean, we tell like my, again, I'm like what you're saying. We don't do a lot of fires, but we go to them. You know, we have fires. We're just, it's not every day, but is it really every day for that many people probably not you know that number is smaller and smaller and smaller even the folks you know baltimore atlanta or you know in certain areas of the fdny 
And there's certain areas of the FDNY where that company may go to less first do fires than you do every year. You, you, it's just not always what you think it is. Yeah, the smaller departments, man. I mean, those are the ones that, that do burn. That's that's the place to be. Everyone works. You know, there's not a lot of garden gnomes. You're, everyone's getting their hands dirty at some point. Or if you are, you're really noticed quickly because there's oh, not yeah. many folks there. So, I mean, we run three engines and a truck and a rescue occasionally. So we need everybody, man. It's all hands on deck, whether there's 25 people that day or there's 14 of us. Everybody's going to work, you know? Yeah. So do you, does that uh, does that change day to day pretty often, your guys' number, your count? Yeah. Oh, Based yeah. Also, you know, vacations, sick leaves, personal days, military, this, that, the other thing, you know, our numbers fluctuate. Um, the 25 number is brand new. We just put on a rookie class a few months ago um, and got each shift up to 25 people. Um, when I got hired 20 years ago, I made 18 on a shift. Um, so okay. now we're up to 25 on a shift. So the number fluctuates with what you're going to have, depending on a, a host of factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But you'll have that too, where, you know, sometimes if we're fat, as we call it, and we have a smaller fire, guys are like tripping over each other. You're like, I don't know what to do in this hallway. Um, then we'll be thin and we'll have a fire and you're literally doing everything that day and you're wishing everyone else was there. So it's, it's, it's not, the grass isn't greener again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That could be a good, a good name for this episode. Stop looking. The grass isn't greener. Like. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> I had another one written down, but now I'm thinking that one may be better. But, you know, we've been talking about the job so much, and that's what you wanted to talk about initially when you reached out. I'm like, I don't always talk about that. But I got really interested when you talked about your BMX-ing. Would it be BMX-ing? BMX uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right? yeah, for, yeah. For riding BMX. Um, yeah. And went back and I scrolled through your Instagram, and it's hysterical to me a little bit because it's like you can see where the tide changed because there is just like BMX and then fire and maybe like a, a BMX picture here or there. So like, how did you get into it? Like, uh, my dad raced when he was really young and he kind of grew up in that, uh, in that realm when he was in New York. And so, uh, when I was old enough, me and my brothers, he brought us to the track. He's like, Hey, let's just go check it out. And down in Naples, uh, that's the only one we knew of at the time. And we're watching like, Oh, that seems really cool. And so sure enough, like, <laughs> it's funny. The spark did it once or twice and was like this is it again uh and i raced for let's see 10 10 years uh i had just turned professional right before i got uh hired at the fire department and as soon as like that happened i knew probationary year you know any any big leave of absence could you know make you terminable potentially so I raced my last national race in Kentucky uh, and I had already known that I was, I got that offer and you could tell like in my head that, um, that, that fear switch was hit. And so I was very timid and I was like, okay, that's it. And no, it's not timid. It's being smart. I mean, right. Like you, you, when, when you're thinking of a career and, and I don't know, you tell me, can you be a career pro BMX racer? Yeah hard yeah very very hard like olympic level or pretty close to and you have to be very good at branding which that wasn't really my thing i don't like to sell myself you know gotcha. um me neither yeah <laughs> so no it's very hard like you're you're racing for a couple hundred bucks maybe yeah. you know a thousand two thousand dollars at a bigger race 
And I guess like the X games, even like to that platform of it, that helped grow it. Cause I would imagine you were probably, I just watched the documentary about Sean White. So it's making me kind of make a comparison to you and Sean White in my head because of your age and, and all of that maybe, but is, did that help in a way or not? Um, I wish I could compare myself even close to the <laughs> accolades that guy had. Uh, but so not, not so much. We're so more, we're, I want to say it was in the X games a couple of years, but it was almost like a different format. Gotcha. Um, UCI is the big, the big agency or organization that, that runs uh, BMX racing at like the top tier level. So, you know, Olympic level. And I wasn't, I wasn't at that. That's there was, there's two classifications of pro there's like single a or double a, or now it's called elite. Um, and I was single A, like I was just getting into professional level at 19 and um, like made very little money. I was doing it for the love of it. Gotcha. Uh, and I would imagine too, in, in that sport, it's kind of like the Sean White documentary where, you know, the younger kids are going to be better than you. They you grow up doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you're not literally at the top of your game, you know, like, did you watch a documentary about him or no? No, no, no. It's a really good, really good documentary on HBO Max, or I think is where we watched it. But like, it shows him kind of like in that dominant, you know, 19 year old crushing it. And then he's like the 35 year old guy at the end. And the younger 19, 20 year olds are just doing tricks that are like, he's even, he's even amazed at this. Yeah, I was, I was pretty fortunate. Um, I found out like, you know, that's when I found out hard work works. And so I started training pretty young. Uh, I was maybe like 13, 14, where I really started to kind of develop. And uh, I won a couple state state titles. Um, and then probably my peak when I was younger, I think I was 14, and I got fourth in the nation. And uh, with a broken collarbone, like went in, injured, and then crashed again and just had enough points to salvage that, unfortunately. I was close to first, but uh it didn't work out that year and then towards the end where right before i went uh pro i was i think i was top 20 in the nation at the like expert level which is the age group i was in was like really close to professional like that's where you made that bridge and that's when i got the call and i was like i'll try and quickly realize like it's, it's gonna, gonna take a lot yeah it's gonna take a lot I mean, it's a, it's a really hard thing. And I think it's a hard thing for a lot of us, you know, that when you take this, this career, you may have to give something else up or something that, again, you could risk injury and then risk this career moving forward. Yeah. For a while, I would still go out and ride. Like I still have my bike here in the garage um, and just have fun. There's some lap ups, you know, some laps around the track and just enjoy it. Like I always did, but, uh, as I started getting, you know, taking conferences, classes, being, you know, overtime, whatever, you could see those days started to fade. And uh, so yeah, I, I mean, again, it, it's one of those, that, yeah, it's one of those things that like, you just can't go and do as hard as you did, but you can still jump on the bike and go out and ride. I mean, you got a little girl in a few years who may be right there next to you, you know? Oh, that'd be bike. awesome. <laughs> right. And then you're still out there and you're taking those laps. I just... When I just watched somebody like pushing their kid in, in like a balance bike, like over some, some humps and things. Oh yeah. Watching, but it was like awesome to watch that, you know, to be like, that, that's another fun way to do it. Yeah. It, uh, it for sure was like just scratching that itch I had for the competitive edge. And, uh, as soon as that, that ended though, I found CrossFit, which was nice. 
kind of, you know, hit two targets. I was, you know, training for the job. And then it also was like that competitive edge again. Um, like every day I go to the gym, I get to compete with everybody. It's, it's cool. And it also benefits my health in the long run. So it's kind of, kind of worked out. So are you, st- are you still hitting the box? Cause you're sitting in front of a squat rack now for folks that don't know what he's <laughs> sitting in front of with bands and things there, just in case you're like, what is this thing at his house that you're in your garage right now? So are you still going to the box or are you strictly in the garage or both? Um, the rig you're looking at is the COVID rig. Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. everything shut down. We were like, we gotta, you know, keep this moving. And it was cool. We had a lot of people over at the house, you know, 10, 15 people working out out of my garage every now and then. But yeah, I still still go to the gym. It's just not uh, I'm not as competitive right now. Again, just something a lot like of stuff going on. What you're, yeah, but what you're doing, you can be as competitive as you want to be, right? That, that's another great part about it. You know, like I, I don't go to a CrossFit box anymore, but I still get competitive with my friends online that I see post their scores, and I'm like, oh, I can beat that. Let me beat that right now. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm slowly. I don't know if I'd say like completely out of the competitive side, but moving towards more functional, foundational. Yeah. Well, it's not, um, well too. And if you're talking competitive, like you're not entering competitions, right? Yeah. Like I, I was for a couple of years doing quite a few yeah. and, and having some success, if you will. But uh, now it's, yeah, just competitive at the gym with my friends, you know, up That's and down. I mean. I'm, talking, yeah, I'm talking bragging right fitness for me competitive these days where I'm like, yeah, I did beat you. Like, like, oh yeah. yeah everyone knows if you if you win you walk around and you look down at him you're like where were you man <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too I, I say this too like when you're in a crossfit box or in a gym and, and you're working out with other people all doing the same thing like you're always competing with everyone else there they're always competing with you you know you're always a rabbit and you're always the turtle type of thing for someone and vice versa. And I always like that part that like, I know I'm trying to catch somebody, whether they know it or not. And I know somebody's trying to catch me, whether I know it or not. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's like very, very healthy competition too. Like no one is getting upset if you're beating them in a workout. Like yeah. you shouldn't sure. be, but should, <laughs> or you, you should, shouldn't be right. It's yeah, a you, life lesson. You really shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Yeah. But if you do, I mean, that's cool. Maybe it's a, you know, a, a, a little glimpse on what you should be working on more and, you know, give you something to, to work towards, which is, you know, also cool. Apparently my 13 year old crushes me in some workouts. And when I get the chance to, you know, when it's programmed just right and I know I can take them, then I take them. Like, you don't win. <laughs> Somebody's like, you're so bad. I'm like, what, man, I gotta win sometimes. Like he's le- legit. He's legit beating me. I'm not, not like intentionally losing. Maybe. I mean, obviously we're scaling weights and some things, but you know, yeah. that last 400 and I know I could out sprint them. Like I'm out sprinting them. It's not time to start sweeping that leg again. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. That may actually be the title of this one. Sweep the leg. Cause <laughs> I come up twice now and I love it because like literally uh, I may have to take them down a peg one day and just, <laughs> so, and it could totally happen, but you know, it, it's so awesome and refreshing to have this conversation with you because kind of how you started it saying you went to that early fire conference and it was a big spark. Like for me to talk to you about going to fire conferences and fitness and and your daughter, you know, it kind of re-sparks me again. You know, all these episodes always do, but I've never really talked to someone or interviewed someone younger in the job, let's say, and younger in life at this point. Um, And it's fun and it's refreshing, right? And I think that's another reason why 
I like going to work is because I get to be around like the boys and girls, like you said, like you get to be around younger people. It's so embarrassing. I shouldn't say this. Like <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but there is a big difference in someone who's almost 45 and have 20, it says 20 years on the job and someone who's 27, just total different things. Um, and it's that spark that keeps me going. So, you know, I can't appreciate you enough for that. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm glad, uh, glad I could provide you with that. I trust me. I'm, still getting it as well when we have people that are like hey do you guys want to do this or this and i love when people are getting you know ate up and involved and it again every day when i hear that it's it's sparking it up again that's it right and and sometimes too i found and i'll give you this little someone my friend calls it nuggets that i put out there but like sometimes all you as the officer have to do is kind of put something out into the space right and then watch everyone else pick up on it and honestly i like that more now like, hey, guys, why don't we do some rope training today? I kind of had this idea. And then let them run with that idea instead of actually running the whole evolution. It's so fulfilling seeing when someone buys in. It's, it's awesome because then you're like, it's almost like a self-propelled fire. They're just, they're doing it on their own. All you have to do is like light that little match, like you're saying. And, and when they run off with it, it's, it's more rewarding than like, you know, hitting a PR at the gym or, or any of that stuff. Yeah. And, and you're learning things from that too. You know, we just did my ladder driver. We did a rope drill a few weeks ago and he wanted to do this crazy piggybacking thing with a Z rig. And we're like, okay. And he did it. And a few of us are like, it's like the quiet mumbling to each other. Like what's going on here? And I'm like, just let him run with it. Like let's let him. And that's what we all agree. Like, let's see what happens. And yeah. sure. We all learned a lot. I'm like, bro, we ever have to do this i hope i am on vacation because this just is this is bad like this means things are really bad like we, we got a lot of rope here i don't think we need to do it this way but maybe there's a day we do and at least now we've done it yeah, it's, it's yeah exactly things, right? like it, it's, it's those things that he was so into it and so excited we were i'm like let him roll just let him roll man keep him rolling with it yeah it was it was some craziness, but listen, Tyler. As as we're getting close to our 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 hour limit here that I put on these things, you know, and I know you got a baby to get back to, because uh, your your wife is not going to be happy if you're not back probably, or maybe a nap to get to. For all I know, I mean, you know, you may need two naps now that you have a baby. <laughs> so I like to finish these up with with the size up ten, and it's just kind of ten rapid fire questions that are never rapid fire. No idea what I'm going to do with them. I just feel like it's almost like David Letterman, where like the cards don't matter, and he was throwing them away. Or no, no, yeah, yeah. it was, uh, Letterman was the top 10, but who, I don't know, someone, oh, uh, um, the points don't matter on the improv show, whatever. Somebody will tell me that on the internet, but I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Someday they may be cool. So you ready to hit them? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. Here we go. Beach or mountains? Oh, mountains. See, you're in Florida. Yeah. So I would have uh, went with beach, so nice. I like well, it. That's why, right? That's in right there. Exactly. Get what you can't have. Night out or night in? Oh, night in now. <laughs> Different before? The little oh, yeah. Night. Yeah, that changed quick. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> Don't get better, trust me. Yeah, that next but day the, is rough. But I will say the night outs are better or more appreciated than prior is an easy way to put it. Oh, yeah, few and far between. But, yeah, you definitely soak it up when you get yeah. it. Every chance you do. Just don't go too hard because she's ready to rock at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that throttle control yet. <laughs> Better you than me. All right, a good book, a good book, or a good movie. Good movie, good movie, absolutely. Cross country road trip. Who's your co-pilot gonna be? Ooh, cross country. 
I got to say my old lady, right? If she watches this, she's going to be super upset if I say anybody else. <laughs> so, so what if she wasn't going to watch this? Oh, man. Um, if she wasn't going to watch this. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that much. Right. Morgan Freeman, right? Morgan Freeman. Morgan, yeah. 100%. Right yeah, there. he's narrating the whole thing. Nice. I like it. No one's even ever said a celebrity either. So I may have to add to that question, Mike, and your spouse is not going to watch this. <laughs> do you make your bed every day? Absolutely. Uh, at work, I do. <laughs> Good man. Yeah, I have to add that because if she, again, if she watches that, she's going to be like, do you? I may need to get her on the podcast next. She may have to come (laughs) on in a couple episodes. All right. A million dollars right now that I don't have or go back to being 18 with a redo. Million dollars now, man. I feel like everything's going well, you know? It's because you're 20 F and 70. (laughs) Yeah, that's not that long ago. (laughs) Moving along. It's moving along. Highway or back roads? Uh, Back roads for sure. A bucket list place to visit. Ooh. um, A bucket place to visit. Uh, it's got to be Europe as a whole, you know, kind of the whole, the whole, the whole continent there. The we whole we just want to explore. Hopefully next year we're going to get to explore that, uh, that realm of the world and just kind of hop around and see what it has to offer. It's a great time. I highly recommend it. All right. Two more to go. Football or football. Oh, neither. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, I don't watch either of them. So it's hard, you know. Honest answer. Uh, honest yeah. answer. X Games. We'll, we'll call it X Games. <laughs> I watch a lot of motocross and UFC, so I, I'll throw those gotcha. out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Last one. And again, this one, I don't know if this one even qualifies for you, but the best advice you could give to your younger self. Best advice I can give to my younger self. Man. Uh, make those mistakes then, man. You know, make them young. I like it. I like it, man. Tyler, I cannot thank you enough for jumping on this podcast with me, man. It's been an awesome time. I hope you enjoyed it for your first podcast. How how was I? Uh, easy, man. This the uh, the cherry's been popped, and and uh, it was smooth sailing. I I appreciate you making that so uh, so seamless. Sweet, sweet. And you you mentioned your Instagram account, but anybody that wants to follow you, where where should they find you on the on the IG or the TikTok? You can throw a TikTok out there if you like. No. Nope, no TikToks. Uh, just on, I mean, Facebook, you can find me at my, obviously my name, but uh, Instagram's Tyler underscore Giuliano 203. And I post every now and then about the old lady, BMXs and firefighting. That's really it. A lot of, a lot of firefighting stuff and occasional BMX picture there and, and, and a lot of good times with your wife, which is awesome, man. Absolutely. Well, listen, brother, you stay safe, man. You keep doing what you're doing. I'm excited to watch you and your, your career grow, which again, makes me feel so old to say, but I guess that's what I'm going to get to do, man. You know, and for everybody listening, thanks again for tuning in. For all the sponsors, you know, this month we have uh, some new sponsors coming out. You know, Hikes Boots is helping us out with some things. You know, my boy Lenwood, if you're watching on YouTube, you know, he's got his uh, fundraiser for uh, Maui going on right now at Notorious Fire Company. Make sure you check him out. Show him some love with some awesome stickers. Um, and really, you know, again, as I say all the time, I'm just so grateful that I get to do this and meeting folks like Tyler here on episode 34 just sparks me to keep it on, keep it on. So until next time, it's been Pip for the size up by National Fire Radio. Take it easy. 